This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. If you've got a thirst for knowledge that never quits, Brightside Podcasts are just what you need. Whether you're into recent discoveries, space exploration, true stories, or useful tips for self improvement, psychology, gadgets, or just your day to day routine, there's something for everyone. How do you imagine it is to work as a lighthouse keeper? Probably like an introvert's dream. You're alone on a rock in the middle of the sea with nothing but the raging waves and the lights to keep you company. But being alone can have its downside too. No one will know if something happens to you. And that was exactly the case with the keepers of the Flannan Isles Lighthouse. It was a fine and calm day on December 15, 1900. In such weather conditions, lighthouses aren't crucial for the safety of passing ships, but it was still noted as a bit odd by the Arctur, a steamer passing by the Flannan Isles on its way to Philadelphia, that the lighthouse on Aylan Moor was not operational. The ship's captain noted it in his log and left it at that. It was only three days later when the Arctur arrived to the port of Leith that this strangeness was officially reported. A ship was immediately rigged with a relief lighthouse keeper Joseph Moore to be delivered to Island Moore. But the weather had been bad since the day before, and it couldn't set sail for more than a week. Finally, on December 26th, the relief boat Hesperus arrived at the lighthouse. But even as they approached, they could tell it's not been maintained this whole time. The lighthouse had normally been manned by three people James Ducat and Thomas Marshall, the regular keepers and Donald MacArthur, the occasional who has been substituting for another keeper on sick leave. There was a fourth, too, a rotating man who was on store at the time. The Hesperus crew, however, was met by no one. Normally, at least one of them would have been waiting for the ship on the dock. That was the first sign of trouble, but by far not the last. Upon arrival, James Harvey, captain of the ship, also noticed that there was no signal flag on the flagstaff to welcome the relief boat, and all the supply crates had been left on the landing while they should have been inside. Harvey blew the ship's whistle. No reaction. A flare was fired in the air. No effect either. The sense of unease grew on the Hesperus, so Moore decided to deploy a boat and go on shore alone to investigate. It was ominously quiet on the island. The lighthouse stood dark and lifeless, 
only seagulls keeping it company. Moore went on to explore the territory and the building itself, and what he found unsettled him even further. There was no sign of the keepers, not even a trace left. Both the main gate and the entrance door to the lighthouse were closed. The beds were unmade. And most eerily, the clock stopped. That meant the men were absent for more than a week. Pensive and alarmed, Moore returned to the ship and took three volunteers back to shore to further investigate. Inside the lighthouse, they saw other signs of the keepers left in a hurry. There was an overturned chair near the dinner table, and two of the three protective oilskin coats were missing. The third was still on the hook, which was very strange. The weather during the past week was terrible, so why would one of the men leave the building without protection? And in any case, the rules dictated that there should always be at least one keeper on the post tending to the lighthouse. For all three of them to leave at once, something terrible must have happened. When the men returned to the Hesperus, Captain Harvey used a telegraph to send a note to the Northern Lighthouse Board. It said that a dreadful accident had happened at the Flannans and that all the keepers had disappeared. His guess was that the poor souls had been swept away by the raging sea or had fallen from a cliff. Harvey's requested an official investigation to be conducted. And on December 29th, Robert Moorhead, a Northern Lighthouse Board superintendent, arrived to do just that. And here's where things truly took a turn for the eerie. Moorhead found the lighthouse logbook that the men kept until their disappearance. That is, about dinner time of December 15th. On December 12th, Thomas Marshall wrote that there were severe winds, the likes of which he'd never seen in 20 years. Also, the two other men began acting in a highly unusual way. Ducat, according to the logbook, was very quiet, and MacArthur was crying. Highly unusual in this instance was a huge understatement. All three of the keepers were tough, hardened men, and MacArthur was a veteran mariner. It was simply impossible that he could have been crying because of the storm, no matter how bad it was. The entry from December 13th told that the winds were still howling, and the sea was even more violent than the day before. The log implied that the three men were terrified, which was, again, very strange since they were experienced keepers and knew that they were safe inside the lighthouse. The elements could do nothing against a sturdy stone structure built specifically to withstand rough weather conditions like these. But perhaps the most unsettling of this was the fact that there were actually no storms sighted on the 12th, 13th, or 14th of December in that area. It was written in the log that the skies finally cleared only on the morning of December 15th, and that was the last entry. The keepers went missing on the evening of the same day. There are so many inconsistencies in this whole story that it remains a mystery to this day. Not only did the official investigation not find any clear evidence of what had happened in the Eileen Moore lighthouse, but it also made the situation even more perplexing. As soon as the news reached the mainland, wild theories from all corners of the UK started circulating. Still, 
there was also at least the official version of events, and that made some sense. You see, the western landing of the lighthouse premises was severely damaged by recent storms. Iron railings were bent, uh, the iron railway beside the path was torn out of concrete, and turf had been ripped away from the top of a cliff that stood 200 feet tall. This evidence showed that the waves and the wind had been particularly savage. And there lay the explanation to the mysterious vanishing of the keepers. On the 15th of December, two of the men must have gone out into the storm to secure the box on the western landing which contained mooring ropes. They had been out for some time when the third one, left inside as the rules required, noticed an abnormally large wave coming down on the island fast. Deciding there was no time to waste, he leaped to his feet, overturning the chair he had been sitting on, and rushed off to warn the other two of the imminent danger. He was in a big hurry, so he didn't stop to grab the oilskin coat on the way out. But apparently, he was too late. When he reached his fellow keepers, the wave had already reached the island, and as they were all dangerously close to the edge, it swept them all from the landing. Seems a plausible enough theory, but there are a couple of gaps in it. Firstly, it doesn't explain where the storm even came from. The keepers disappeared in the evening of December 15th, and by all accounts, the weather that day was fine, and the sea was calm. Even the keeper's own logbook confirmed that. So how would a huge wave appear on that day without any warning? And secondly, Again, according to the entries in the lighthouse logbook, the damage to the western landing had been done before the men's disappearance. So they must have witnessed the mayhem, but had not in fact gone out into it. Since 1900, many more theories have been born, including one about a freak wave washing away one of the men and the others being swept away by subsequent waves while helping him. Also, some theorized that a big wave might have entered a narrow gully by the western landing and burst back with force, pushing the men who were trying to secure their equipment over the edge. In this theory, the third keeper was also running to help his colleagues, but suffered the same fate as them. But whatever hypotheses were given, credible or nonsensical, none of them have given us any clue as to what really happened to the three bold men from Aelin Moor. Who knows? Maybe someday the truth will be discovered? What do you think caused the lighthouse keepers to disappear from the island? <laughs>